This is the Iowa State Athletics SciCast. The SciCast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors, which have the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's SciCast is a visit with former Iowa State basketball star Michael Nurse. Nurse was recruited out of junior college by Tim Floyd, but played for Larry Eustachian and had a terrific career, capping it with a key role on the winningest team in Iowa State history, the 2000 Elite Eight Cyclones. Michael was a fan favorite with his soft jumper, great hustle, and fun personality. We hope you'll enjoy this visit with Michael Nurse. So Mike, tell me about uh, coming out of a small Division three junior college in New York. How did Tim Floyd find out about you, and how did he convince you to come to Iowa State? Well, I had transferred from Shorter College in North Little Rock, Arkansas, and that was a, you know, that was a D one junior college. I got a little bad mouthed by the coach that was there because I didn't want to go back. So every time somebody was ready to offer me a scholarship. They called back at the school and, you know, he did a number on me. No one would actually pick me up. No one wanted to take a chance because they thought I was a bad guy. So Monroe, as you said, was a D3 junior college. You know, I didn't even know that existed until uh, Coach Yeh approached me and, and wanted me to come to his school. But Tim Floyd heard about me through uh, the coach from Shorter College. He went to the guy and asked him, you know, I'm looking for a point guard. Missed yeah. out on a on a point guard pre- for the previous year. I believe it was C.J. Uh, Bruton, yeah. C.J. Bruton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was an, and he was an All-American, and he missed out on that, uh, on that situation. So he was looking to get a starting point guard. Head coach from Shorter said, if you're looking for a point guard, I probably got the best point guard in the nation. But he's at a Division three junior college under a train line. So Tim Floyd ended up coming to, uh, coming to my school, uh, you know, talking with me, talking with uh, my coach. I guess he was, doing, he was there to feel us out. I mean, he was really aggressive. He really wanted me to, to sign. The very next week, he came to my house and met my mother, met my father. And a week after that, I was off to Iowa State as my official visit. It's not like he jumped through hoops, but he did have to... Uh, he did have to do a bit of searching. And then Tim Floyd ends up leaving for the Bulls. And so now all of a sudden you're playing for Larry Eustace. Tell me what that was like. Well, I knew nothing of Larry Eustace. Tim Floyd came and wooed my mother. Uh, she was badgering me after he left to sign, to make sure to sign, because you don't want him to sign somebody else. And then you end up not going to the school. Uh, so the, the transition, I didn't, I didn't meet. Larry until until I came up to school and we didn't see him much in, in August uh, when I got there we only saw him more towards after Labor Day where they were running the crap out of us we really didn't have that much of a relationship with with Larry until the season started so that season starts and almost right away, you're in a really unfortunate accident. You're hit by a truck as you're crossing Lincoln Way. Tell me what happened. I mean, that, that had to be crazy. Well, yeah, you know, it was dark. I just don't think the guy saw me. I'm from a, a city. I'm used to walking across streets. 
I'm used to gauging how far a car is away. So I looked down. It was it was about 11 o'clock at night. We had just came back from Alaska. You know, where we had a pretty good we had a pretty good tournament. We went two and one. We we lost to Cincinnati, who eventually uh, beat Duke in the final, and we uh, we beat Fresno State. So we were we were on a bit of a high getting back. I just all I wanted to do was get back. I had to go to the bathroom. We were all we were sleep on the on the on the plane back, and you know I was just I was kind of rushing, and I was ahead of I think I was ahead of everybody. Uh, so a couple of guys actually saw me get hit by the truck. I had to calm Marcus down uh, because I'm laying on the floor and Marcus is ready to whoop the guy. And you know I had to tell him I'm all right. You know, don't do that here. Let's just let her go. I believe it was an accident. You know, because we, we, we were young. We had to calm him down. And I think I was able to calm him down because I was so calm while I was laying on the floor. You know, so it's, it, 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 it let me tell you this, it was an experience. <laughs> I'm sure it was. And I know you, you know, you were pretty banged up and you weren't expected to play against Western Illinois. And then all of a sudden, you get in that game in the second half and you score. I think you scored 16 in the second half and, and you guys come back from 21 down and win that game. What, what was that like playing hurt that night and playing that well? Well, you know, we have to go back to about six days prior to that, right after I got hit by the truck. I was so upset because I've never missed a game all through my basketball playing career, where it was AAU, if it was high school basketball. You know, even when I was in middle school, junior college, I, I didn't miss games. And I was laying in the bed and uh, Coach Perry came into the room and said, man, you're lucky to be alive, man. How are you feeling? I told him, you know, I feel I feel, you know, I'm banged up. And the worst part about it is, you know, I think I'm gonna miss some games. And he said, Mike, don't worry about that. Don't worry about missing games. But I was that that was the that was what was on my mind. Miss games is unheard of. So a couple of days after that, I was able to move around a little bit. They they were working on me about three times a day just to get the swelling down. I didn't have any any broken bones or any any anything like that. So it was all about getting the swelling down, getting the swelling from my head. I had to get the stitches out in a couple of weeks. So around midweek, I tried to play. It was Northern Iowa, and you know, it's a rivalry game, you know, and this is my first, this is going to be my first taste at a, at a, at a rival school at Iowa State. And we were on the road. Coach Carroll uh, spoke to me when we were in Alaska and he said, let's get those guys. They made the wrong choice. They should have, they should have picked me. They should have picked me to be the head coach. Let's run them off the court. So I was jacked up from that. You know, and I, there was no way I was going to play in that game. No way. Uh, I, I could move a little bit, but, you know, I was still swollen. And it, it was a real problem. I couldn't go full speed. And so, you know, I, I missed that game. And we had a game in a couple of days. I think we had a classic. I want to say we, we were playing North Texas. And I, and I tried to play in that game. And they, they, they warmed me up. They they tried they tried me tried to see if I could go, and I couldn't go. You know I was and so that was game number two that I had missed, and you know I was you know I was devastated. The next day, you know what I was I somehow I got up and down the court. 
we did our warm up. I got up and down the court. Coberly, our who was our trainer at the at the time, was like, you know, you might be able to go. Today you might be able to go, maybe a couple of minutes here and there. I was so jacked. You know, I, could, I, I couldn't wait. I was like, this is wonderful. So when we were playing Western Illinois, I mean, we played horribly in the first half. It was just a it was just poor all around. That team was not as good as we were. We had an all-American uh Marcus Pfizer. We had Stevie Johnson, who at the time was the all-time leading scorer in Mississippi or second. We had JUCO All-Americans that were on that team. And we were down, we were down going to halftime, like 12, 15 points, something like that. And uh, Coach Perry came to me and said, I just spoke to Larry. We're going to go with you in the second half. And he puts me, he puts me in a game. They're, and they're just, they're just beating us. They're just to everything. Every loose ball, they're hitting all their shots. Uh, we can't buy a basket. Pfizer was struggling. We we couldn't get anything going. Uh, I get in the game, and the first shot I took was just off the backboard and 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 shot out shot out like a cannon. Uh, we actually went down twenty four points in the second half. About it was about seventeen minutes ago. Larry called a timeout give us a nice reaming. And then I, I, to be honest with you, I'm not even sure what came over me. And I don't even sure, I'm not even sure how I was able uh, to hit some of those shots and, and get in the lane. Uh, but it just, you know, it just, you, I kind of fed off the crowd being in that building, being with the crowd, being down by 24 and starting to creep back in it, starting to creep back into it. I believe you did that game. I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just it, it was just it was incredible. It wasn't expected. You know, we were we was just supposed to beat that team up, have our way with them. They were in our classic, so you know, but it just it just worked out. You know, it just happened to work out to where you know there's a little bit of legend of Mike Nurse due to the performance of about I think it was about. 15, maybe 13 minutes, and we end up coming back from 24 points down and winning a game in overtime. You just don't imagine something like that. You know, you imagine maybe hitting the big shot, you know, in a close game. You don't imagine being down 24 and working your way back in, in about 13 minutes. Well, the ultimate basketball compliment came from Larry Eustachie after the game. He said you did your greatest Willis Reed imitation. And and anybody who knows a little basketball history knows about that story. And so that's a pretty good compliment for you. That's oh, an ultimate compliment. I'm, <laughs> that guy. And I'm a Knicks fan, so I've seen all the clips and, and you know, seen him limp out and, and, and hit those first two shots and really get get all those other Hall of Famers going and just, you know, that right there is, you know, another thing that was unexpected. So I guess you could, it wasn't along the same uh, lines because that was the NBA final game seven sure. situation. And we were, you know, we were, honestly, we were playing Western Illinois, who was, <laughs> I mean, this is not to take anything away from them, but this is, that's not, we're not playing Kansas or, you know, or North Carolina. 
But later on in the season, you are playing Kansas at home and you beat them in a, in a really hard fought, low scoring game. So how much did that guy, that kind of help all of your guys' confidence as you went into that 99, 2000 season, knowing you beat Kansas? We just weren't very good my junior year. You know, we had some, some good games, uh, but we also had some very bad games, you know, and uh, to beat Kansas, you know, to be honest with you, Kansas wasn't Kansas that year either. Right. You know, they were at the end of the year, they were unranked, which, you know, who heard of that? I, I believe they finished fifth and, you know, had to play all, all four days to win the, win the championship uh, that year. You know, we, we played them very well at Kansas. We went there with eight players. I don't know if you remember this, uh, the game uh, two days before Lee Love quit. Paris Corner was on academic leave. So we didn't, we just didn't have the bodies. You know, Paul Shirley was, uh, he was redshirting. We, we, we had lost Dwayne Johns way earlier than that. So we really didn't have, we, we went there with eight players. And, you know, we fought him, we fought him, and I think we just ran out of gas, which is unusual for a Larry Eustacey team. But it was just, you know, we just – I think we just ran out of gas, and then they, it got away from us at the end of the game. But at halftime, we were, we were up. We were, we, we were playing well. So I believe from that game, we knew we could play with those guys. We knew that they had to come in and, and really play well in order to beat us at Hilton. Because if you come to Hilton, you got to play well, or else, you know, you're going to get beat. Well, you played a lot of point guard in your first year, and then all of a sudden in the offseason, they bring in Jamal Tinsley. Um, tell me about that transition to you to play off the basketball a little bit and how that went for you. Well, I mean, obviously it went well, you know. You bring in an All-American. You bring in a talent like Tinsley, and he's, the, he's a point guard. You also bring in a talented guy like Cantrell Horton, who's also a point guard. So Cantrell had to, uh, you know, he had to play off the ball also. Uh, so we had three point guards in at most of the time. So when teams would try to pressure us, um, it wouldn't go very well for them, <laughs> you know, because, you know, we had, we had three point guards. Mars could handle the ball uh, better than most big men. And then we had Stevie Johnson who also handed the ball. Stevie led us in assists my junior year. So, you know, the, the, the way it, it, it was like a perfect storm. You know, we got a couple of shooters on the wing. We got a grunt guy and Stevie Johnson that, that you know, do whatever it takes. We have, you know, Paul Shirley coming off the bench. And it worked out great. We had two gods on our team. We had two, two superheroes, right? So we had this one superhero who you couldn't guard anywhere in the post or outside the three-point line. He was just going past, you know, these big defenders, try to put Mims on him from Texas, and he just runs away from them, or he just goes around them. And then you have Jamal Tinsley, who was unguardable in his own right and couldn't shoot, which was the most amazing thing because <laughs> I'm amazed of how, how many teams would just back up off of him, daring him to shoot, and he, he didn't take the shot. He still got into the lane still make things happen. And, you know, we had two guys that were first team all Big 12. You know, they, a lot of times, they carried us. We were a very good team, but we had, you know, it's, it's when you're playing with, with, with that type of talent, 
And and Marcus, his first couple of years, it was it was a it was a bit of a struggle because he couldn't find his way. He didn't he didn't know when he should be dominant Marcus or when he should be all right, let's make the other teammates better. And I I believe that Jamal Tinsley coming in helped him transition to that, which is funny because then he ends up scoring more points a game because he was able to have less pressure on him to do everything. Jamal opened that door for him and then opened that door for Cantrell, opened that door for myself, Stevie Johnson. You know, you go down the line, and I'm just naming the starting five at, at this point. When Jamal got there, no one knew. No one understood what we had. No one understood what we had, but we see him in practice. And he was, and to be honest with you, he was lazy. He didn't want to do anything, but he was so good. He was so good with that ball that he was one of the guys that could turn it on in a, in a flash and can dominate a game, not with the scoring. He could dominate with his passing. He could dominate with his penetration. He was an excellent rebounder. He would steal the ball when he was off the ball. Jamal Tizzi helped helped me out a lot because I got a lot of open shots. Get ready for your tailgate with Authentic Brand, proudly creating Cyclone gear. Authentic Brand makes all kinds of Cyclones apparel, from T-shirts to dress shirts, hats, bags, and more. You'll love the huge selection and all in cardinal and gold. Find it at local retailers or order online at AuthenticBrand.com. You mentioned he had that ball on a yo-yo and... I mean, did it take a little while in practice to kind of get used to the way he played? Uh, no, we're from the same area, you know. I'm from New <laughs> Jersey. He's from, he's from he's from Brooklyn. I play, actually played against him right before he uh, signed with us at the Rucker. And he was just, they called him the abuser, and he was just abusing everybody that they put, that we put on. He would put him in a post, which is amazing, and or he would just dribble around him, his ball handling skills got him wherever he wanted to get. But I'm not used to, I can't say I'm used to, because he's the best, he's one of the best ball handlers I ever seen. I would say him and Sham God Wells that went to Providence. The best ball handlers I've ever seen, I've ever witnessed. But I'm used to, I was used to playing with or playing against guys who were excellent ball handlers. So tell me what those practices were like. Coach Eustace's got a huge personality. Uh, he's very demanding. You've got him. You've got Pfizer. You've got Tinsley. You've got yourself. Big personalities. What were those practices like? Outside of, of Jamal, it, we all basically just, whatever Larry said, you, you know, you did it. Now, Jamal didn't feel like practicing that day. He would do something to get himself kicked out. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then you know, it'd be taken out on us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> I got you. Steve would come I, to the, I think I do we, know. We would get into the locker room. Steve would be like, "So he kicks Mark. So he kicks Tinsley out, and it takes it out on us." All part of a bigger plan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so, so, okay. But the the you know, I know you mentioned Kansas had kind of a down year the year before, but still, you guys beat them at home and beat them in Allen Fieldhouse that year. So when you beat them at their place. Is that where you start thinking, hey, maybe we can go win this Big 12 championship? You know, when we played Cincinnati, it was a big wake-up for us. We played against a, a monster team at every position. And we were in the game. We were in the game yeah. until late. 
that showed us we could play with anybody. We were the number one team in the nation. We were just little Iowa State. No one really cared about us. And, and you know, we, we fought them well. So after that, we, I, I believe after that, we really knew that we could play with anybody. You know, you look at that uh, Cincinnati roster and put it up against any other rosters that we played against, even Michigan, Michigan State. That, that was by mm-hmm. far the best roster that was in college basketball that year. Once we played against them, we knew we could play. We could play with the big boys, and then you know you get you get to Hilton, and we're we were a different animal. There was no easy win at Hilton my junior year. You didn't come in there and just get an easy win, but my senior year, that's where teams came to die. When we played Kansas, I think they jumped out to a a little bit of a lead, but then you know they they were trying to bottle up Pfizer. And then when you do that, then you just you just leave the perimeter open, and we just start bombing away from three, and then then we get the big man, then the big guy gets involved because now you now you don't know what to do, and then Jamal starts you know starts doing his thing, and then all of a sudden you're down five when you were up five, and you're you're a little demoralized because you you you're thinking you were doing well, you look up and the crowd is surging, the atmosphere uh, for that Kansas game was 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 excellent was just absolutely excellent and i and we just outplayed them and and we showed them that day that we were just better than them today's sidecast is brought to you by van wall equipment van wall equipment and john deere are proud to support iowa's farmers in the field and iowa state athletics on the field a, a week i'm never going to forget was the last home stand, if you will, when you're going to play Texas and Oklahoma State back-to-back. And they were both really, really good teams, too. So, I mean, it wasn't just like it was just Kansas and Iowa State in this race. I mean, Oklahoma State was really, really good. Texas had Mem. They were really good. And you guys played in front of two of the most incredible crowds I've ever seen at Hilton Coliseum that week and had two unbelievable wins. What was that week like? It was a, you know, it was a difficult week. We had just lost to Colorado in overtime, Jockway Walls hit us up 42 and hit a half court shot to send it into overtime. And then after once we got into overtime, he just had his way with us. And that was only our second loss. But Larry was so mad. <laughs> he he said he came into the locker room after we lost that game and it was sick to his stomach and told us we're now we're the laughing stock of uh of the Big 12. Now, mind you, we were still we were still in first place. We were tied for first place, you know, and he was like, and the big boys are coming into the building this week. It was a tense situation. And starting that game, they jumped all over us. They, they started out, they were playing really well. You know, it's, it was tough to, to do anything with Mims because he was so big. They had pretty good guards. They gave uh, Munaki. And I think we were so tight from the buildup of what we had in front of us that once, you know, once we started, we weren't making our shots. Uh, we weren't really defending all that well. Marcus wasn't really – he didn't get started early. And then, you know, we kind of relaxed, and then we started running up and down the court. So we started beating them down the court because they were huge. Uh, we started getting layups, and that game turned within a blink of the eye into our favor. Uh, we went up one at halftime. I kind of felt at halftime, I was like, all right, these guys, they've got to be, they've got to be a little demoralized because they played well. And then all of a sudden, 
you don't think Iowa State's all that good until you play them. And you think that they got one one big guy, one good big guy, and, you know, you could just run all over them. You could just punish them. But, you know, all the teams found out that year. You hooked the Tiger. And a lot yeah. of teams just found out. We were the toughest team in um, in the Big 12, and I don't think it was even close. So that week was, you know, once we once we settled in midway through the first half against Texas, Oklahoma State didn't have a chance. We we had so much confidence from just being the number one team up to that point, and then playing the other top teams. We really had our way with with Oklahoma State at Hilton on that Saturday, senior night. It was a special yeah. night for Stevie, Marcus, and me. You know, because you know Marcus wasn't coming back. You know, so uh, he he kissed. I think he kissed the center circle. Yeah. <laughs> so he had a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, I mean, we knew he wasn't. We knew he wasn't coming back. And you know, with the season he had, he was having already, and then how we finished, how we finished. Yeah, you, you, you don't come back to play another year after that. But you guys still had to go on the road at Texas Tech and Baylor to clinch the thing, and and that's not easy. Even though those teams weren't as good as they are now, obviously. You still had to go into their place and win those two games, and you guys did that. What was that feeling like of being able to say we're the Big 12 champs? Tremendous wins on the road. Playing against what at the time was lesser opponents because Texas Tech was pretty bad. But that was their senior night, and they came out, and they played hard. They played well. Raper Young was making you know all types of shots off balance, toss it up, bounce on the rim eight times and go in. We had to dig deep against a team that was at the bottom of the uh, bottom of the league. We weren't playing in, uh, in a packed house either. It, was, it wasn't like they packed the gym. We clinched, but it took a lot. And they, they really pushed us on their senior night. And then we went to Baylor and, you know, it was, we were playing for sole possession of the championship. We didn't want to share it. Uh, I know coach said, he was like, let's go out there and win this. We don't want to share it like the girls because they happen to, you know, they had to share their title. So he wanted, he, wanted to, he wanted to win it outright. And we came out and we played well and we did what we were supposed to against Baylor. You guys were on an incredible role going into Kansas City. And, and I just remember that weekend, how well you guys played in Kansas. I mean, Jamal was unbelievable at Kemper Arena. And that semifinal game with Oklahoma State was about as good a game as as I can remember, and and you guys had to make plays late again. I mean, it was it was right down to the wire. Yeah, you know what? They had us beat. They had yeah. us beat. They they went up four with like I don't, I don't even know how much time it was. It wasn't a lot, but they went up four. Honestly, they just they just lost it. You know, we we did a little. We we pushed them a little, but you know, if you watch that game, yeah, we weren't supposed to win that game. That team was so good. That team was so good, and. They ended up almost handing that game to us, which was shocking. I'm sure it was shocking to everybody in the stands. Just a little bit of push by us. Just a little bit. Stevie had that big and one to put us up. Yep, sure did. Uh, yep. I mean, you know, that game was a, it was a great game. I'm amazed of how good the Big 12 was then. Because if you want to go down the line, we were at the top. Uh, then I believe it was Oklahoma at that point. That was the only team we didn't beat until we beat them in the final. And you have Texas with that with that team, you know, all that height. And you have Oklahoma State who finished four, who who could have possibly been the best team. 
you know, and Kansas finished fifth. Just think about that. Kansas finishing fifth in uh, uh, in the Big 12. You know, we also had Missouri, who was, who had a dynamite backcourt with Dooling and uh, Clarence Gilbert. So the Big 12, the, the Big 12 was, I think, was absolutely loaded. And I thought the Big 12 was the best, was the best league in the nation. We just didn't get the, the credit for it because we're, we were a football league. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And you guys absolutely deserve to be a one seed. But as it is, you get a two. You go to Minneapolis, you destroy Central Connecticut and beat Auburn. And then then you go to Auburn Hills and you're going to be matched up with UCLA. And for some reason, everybody's talking about UCLA. What, what was it like leading up to that game? Did you guys know that – I mean, you just absolutely destroyed a, a, what was considered to be a pretty good UCLA team. Well, you know, it, it was just a, a lot of slaps in the face. They called UCLA the hottest team in America after we had just, you know, ran through a, a, a tough Big 12 with only two losses. I didn't see it. The, the media was so enthralled with how they disposed of Maryland. And yep. I got a couple of questions, and, and I'm, Larry wasn't happy with me. Uh, because I spoke, I spoke my mind. But uh, a reporter asked me, "Well, how are you going to stop the alley? You like you play, you play some defense. We're not just going to let them throw the ball and dunk on us and run up and down. We we start with defense and we end with rebounds. Going up against that UCLA team, we were not only slapped in the face leading up to that game because I guess America didn't feel that we should have been a two seed, and there's no way." That this giant team, and they had what they had, uh, they had two seven footers. Everybody, everybody on that team was bigger than Marcus. It seemed like that the guards, mm-hmm. the the small forwards, their big men, they were all bigger. But just constant slaps in the face. And then when we're coming out to get our warm ups, uh, there was a game before us. Michigan State played before us, uh, and we had to wait for everything to clear off the court. And the cockiness that 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 these guys showed talking about tradition and like they were going to just mop us off the floor. I think that really, that I don't think that sat well with us uh, because we, we came out and we really put the screws to them and we felt they deserved every bit of it. You know, what I'll never forget too was after that game, the next day you come back because you got your press conference before the Michigan state game. And it's up on the podium. It's you and Pfizer and Larry. And it was just like one, one liner after another with you guys, you guys were having a blast and you could tell that you guys were not afraid of the moment. You were really looking forward to playing that Michigan state team and you were excited about it. And I I think everybody just all the media just fell in love with your team that day because they saw all those different personalities and how much confidence you guys had and they loved it. You, you couldn't tell us that uh, Michigan State was better than us. You couldn't tell us that. There was no way you could tell us that. I say to this day, I had the best player on my team in in America. Like, why am I worried about the Flintstones? I had an unguardable point guard that, that got me open shots. We were just so tough. Everybody in America was bigger than us, but it didn't show up on the games that they were bigger than us. We out-rebounded Michigan State that day, which yeah. the commentators, you know, you, you watch that game, the commentators couldn't believe it. They were shocked. They were absolutely shocked that we out-rebounded them. 
even though, you know, that was our model too, rebounding, defense, team together. That their model was 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 about the same. So we just we just went head to head. You know, they had they had they had some real they had some real studs on that team. We feel that we were better. And I believe we showed that we were better on that day. And you know, a couple of questionable calls, you know, a couple of amazing shots made by Mo Peterson. And, and you know, there it was. You know, then the dream is done. But yeah. a lot of a lot of people said that's the national championship game right there, and I believe it was also. I absolutely agree with that. And I, I talked to Skip Bayless and uh, Gene Wojciechowski and some of the other national media members that were there the day before the game. They all said the same thing. They said, this is going to be the national championship game tomorrow. No matter how the season ends, to win 32 games, to win the first conference title at Iowa State in 55 years, to represent like you guys did, Man, what what an amazing year. And I, I don't think there's any doubt that was the best team in Iowa State history right there. Well, you know, I'm I'm you know partial to that team. But yeah, I mean if you look back, you look back over the archives and you look at some of the stuff that we did, you know, the first to to do the double, the win the tournament and and, and win the regular season. We're still the only team to make it to the Elite Eight. You know, I, I was hoping that we would we would have a little more success in the in the tournament with some of the past teams that we had, you know, the Morris class, which I think is the to me is the best. That's right up there too. To me is the best. <laughs> that's the best yeah. senior class ever for Iowa yeah. State. Those guys, you know, they they I believe they won three out of four Big Twelve championships. You know, we, I wish we would have did a little better in the tournament in the in the NCAA two A tournament, but to accomplish what they, uh, what they accomplished in, in those four years. Uh, I text back and forth with a couple of guys that, you know, from, from my year. And I tell them, you know, that's, that's, that's the best senior class I've, I've ever seen at Iowa state. You know, to be better than those guys, it says how good we actually were. Well, I think it's pretty cool that you're still keeping track of what's going on at Iowa State. And tell me a little bit about what you're up to now in your life. Where are you, where are you living? What you up to? And uh, and you, it sounds like you're still keeping track of Iowa State. Well, let me tell you something. When Iowa State comes on, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on my couch. I'm watching the game. No one's allowed to come in and make any noise. My wife knows. The kids know. <laughs> and the game starts. if the game starts getting heated, I find myself in a defensive stance. I'm yelling at the TV. I'm a, listen. I'm a mess. I'm a mess when when Iowa State comes on. But, I mean, you can't tell me. Anything. I love it. I'm un, I'm unbearable. So my wife just goes upstairs <laughs> and she stays in the room. She she leaves me some beer, and and I just watch and I watch the game and I yell at the TV because because I'm, I'm a maniac. You know, I'm just I'm I'm I'm, I'm Clearly out of my mind, but but yeah, I I, I watch you know uh, Coach Chrome. I like him a lot. Former players, he brings us up. And yeah, yeah. He, he was there uh, last year. It's unfortunate we can't do it this year. But he, what he's done, and this is not something that he has to do. This is all just him, just trying to bring bring us all together, and. That's what you have at, like, the Duke, the North Carolinas, probably at the Kansases, Michigan State. It's a big family. 
And I didn't feel that I didn't feel a part of a family, uh, honestly, until and until he started doing uh, bringing the guys back, bringing the alumni back. It's therapeutic uh, what he's done for us. We were there with the I believe it was '86 team, and the way those guys talked to us, we didn't know them, but they knew us. Just as the guys now don't know me, but I know them. You know, and that's that. That type of uh, that type of family atmosphere that coaches is, is is building right now, I, I think it's it's wonderful. But you asked me about what I'm doing, so I'm gonna uh, I'm I'm gonna stop deviating. I'm I'm back in Teaneck. I live back in Teaneck, my hometown, uh, New Jersey. Got a couple of kids and a wife, living the old man dream. I have Good. a barbecue Good. company, uh, a small a mobile. Uh, barbecue company that we work uh, spring, summer, and fall. You know, so you know, that's about that's about what I'm doing. You know, besides keeping up with uh, Iowa State. Well, I know that we were planning on having you guys back to to honor that team that we've been talking about for the last 45 minutes, and unfortunately, it can't happen this year. But it will definitely happen next year, man. And I can't wait to see all you guys back. It's going to be. Larry, Larry said during that year, he said, this is a 25 year reunion team. You know, he was, he was always saying that he was always describing you guys that way. This is what, this is a team that's going to have reunions and is going to be honored. And I'm so glad that that's going to happen. It's just too bad. We have to put it off for a year, but I can't wait for it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's, it's great that it's going to happen. And I, and I know it's going to happen uh, next year and we didn't get to get together for our 20th, but we could do it for the 21st. Absolutely. Well, we'll look forward to that, Mike. Man, I appreciate you taking so much time. It's been awesome uh, going down memory lane with you. So many great uh, memories of uh, you hitting all those threes and make, making big shots and clutch moments. And, uh, man, I know Iowa State fans are going to really enjoy hearing your voice. So appreciate it. Oh, man, this. thanks for having me. Uh, I think it's great uh, you know, that you have me back. Today's sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn why Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are Iowa's clear first choice. Thanks for listening.